From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Thanks for being a part of it and allowing it to be a part of you. It is Fitz and Harry. Got Harry Douglas over there, Freddie Coleman, and for Jason Fitz today. Presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We had Furman and Princeton yesterday. Are we going to have another Furman and Princeton today? Madness update. Yeah, this is what happens when you have the coach of Kennesaw State, Abdur Abin Rahim, joined the show last week. And then Kennesaw State the next week in the NCAA Midwest first round matchup. Kennesaw State, former members of the Peach Belt Conference, a Division II conference. They have a 51-38 lead on Xavier with 15-46 to play in the second half in the Midwest region matchup. And, and Freddie, I'll tell you this. Uh, the head coach for Kennesaw State, Amir Abdul-Rahim, if the name sounds familiar, it's because it does. His brother, Sharif, Abdul Rahim was a first round draft pick third overall in 1996 to the Vancouver Grizzlies. So mm-hmm. he's been around basketball for a very, very long time. Me and my brother watched his brother play at a very high level for the longest. And the team that we lost to in the state championship game my senior year, Wheeler, is the high school that his brother went to. Right. Wheeler as well. So right. those guys are a powerhouse. And that, that's one of the reasons why I'm rooting for Kennesaw State as well. And he came on the show last week, talked about how, you know, his team is small, but they're scrappy. Mm-hmm. Right? And in this tournament, I know one of the conversations after that, I think we've had so many smaller schools, you know, give this visual the last 10, 12 years that it can be done yeah. to the point to where it gives these smaller schools confidence when they're going against an Xavier, you know, who, mm-hmm. who, who, who played at a high level all year long. One of the things about this, and you know him well and I know him well, but Monty Jones said it best about teams in situation. There's a lot of lemon booty going on right now with Xavier. Mm-hmm. Just like there's a lot of lemon booty going on with Arizona when they lost to yep. Princeton. And there's definitely lemon booty going on with Virginia throwing that ball <laughs> game away against Furman because that's what this looks like. And when you play teams like Kennesaw State and other mid-major teams, even in transfer portal college athletics now, Harry, they're older teams you're going up against. Yeah, Xavier, not saying Xavier doesn't have an older team, but some of these guys may have transferred in, transferred out, transferred out, transferred in. There's, they should have gotten used to each other. But when you play an older team that's been around two or three years, they know exactly what they're supposed to do and how they can carry that out, especially when they don't have any pressure when it comes to Kennesaw State, a number 14 seed, trying to take down a number three seed in Xavier in a Midwest region matchup and up by 13 with less than 16 minutes to play in the second half. Well, it's because the cohesion is there. These guys are accustomed to being around one another. They're accustomed to gelling. They've probably had the bad times, not just Mm -hmm. that season, but times before that and learn how to deal with those situations. Also, you talk about being the underdog and being on a big stage and know that the world is watching you, March of Madness. This is a pivotal time in this country and the world for college basketball. 
that would get me excited to, to go out here and be the a top seed so people can keep mentioning, you know, our school name and, and players across the board. That's motivation in itself. Yeah, no doubt about that. Right now, Michigan State, number seven seed in the East region. They lead number 10 seed USC, 66 to 51, 421 to play in the second half. And in the East region, you have Baylor, the number three seed. Right now, they're trailing number 14, University of California, Santa Barbara, 26 to 22. Still early, Harry, 611 to play in the first half of that one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Freddie. This, this is why I like this time of the year. Yeah. Because, see, it, it's, it's not domination from the Blue Bloods. It's, it's not domination anymore. Right. Anybody can mm-hmm. win and anybody can lose on any given day if you don't bring your A game. And you better not underestimate anybody because you'll be going home crying, talking about, man, we woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, you better bring, like you mentioned, not just your A game but your A attitude. Because you don't bring either one of those games. All of a sudden, you're going to look up and all that pressure that you didn't want to deal with by stomping teams, you're going to have to deal with that. Unlike, for example, a Duke basketball team that made sure they took matters in their own hands early, late, and often when they took out Oral Roberts yesterday. By the way, part of the Boost Mobile Tournament Preview. Switch to Boost Mobile for the power to save on America's largest 5G networks. Harry Douglas over there, Freddie Coleman over here, and for Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Duke has been that team in terms of getting hot at the right time. John Shire, the head coach of Duke, talked about how they can keep it going and maybe get to a Final Four. I want us to be who we are. You know, continue to keep our identity, uh, defend, share it, rebound, and uh, that's, that's what's most important to me. We have to continue to be who we are. One of the things about Duke, and for the first time in a long time, Harry, well, I can say not the first time in a long time. This has been going on for more than a minute. There hasn't been that team where you look at it and say everybody's chasing. You can survive not having that team, that blue blood team that everybody's chasing college basketball. That can't happen in the NFL, can't happen in, in college football. Stars matter. In college basketball, because we don't know the players like we used to anymore, players aren't staying all four years or even three years. It's all about the coaches and the blue blood teams. Duke could be that team once again as a five seed that everybody may wind up chasing because they're the only blue blood that people know enough about. Kentucky's in the tournament, but nobody's thinking Kentucky win a national championship. They lost a 15th seed at St. Peter's last year, and they could lose in the first round 11th seed at Providence. Ed Cooley's got a bunch of dudes on that team that can really give them a run for their money. But the way this Duke team is playing, if you're the NCAA tournament, that's that one team that everybody could be chasing because of their name, and they would even play in the last nine games when it comes well, to Duke basketball. F- Freddie, for me, I have Duke in my Final Four. And I'm big, when, especially when it comes tournament time, whether it's the conference tournament or the NCAA tournament, point guard play, right? And they have one in Jeremy Roach, mm-hmm. uh, their junior guard. He's a guy who's been there and done it. He's played meaningful games and had 23 points yesterday. But when you have a veteran point guard in that spot that understands when I need to go, 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 when I need to hold it back and, you know, get things set up, when I need to control our team down, I think your chances are better. Also, you know, he was trained by Coach K, and I understand John Shire is their head coach now, but, you know, who, who did John Shire train under? Coach K. <laughs> yes. As well. And then their freshman that they got, the seven-footer, Flipowski, um, who led the team in scoring and also rebounding with nine per game this season. You know, yesterday was a game for him where he's getting acclimated to things. You know, NCAA tournament, throwing up on the sidelines. That's, that's normal. <laughs> that's, that's, that's normal. It's okay. I expect him moving forward as well to to really show up and make his mark on this NCAA tournament and put his name in books as well. And they have the least amount of concerns or questions 
when it comes to a, bl- a big blood team, a blue blood team. For example, Kansas, people worry about their bench. They don't go deep on their team, even though they're mm-hmm. number one seed. You look at Houston now, they got all sorts of issues where Marcus Sasser, you don't know if he's going to play the rest of the term as long as they're involved in it. He's their best player and their best leader out with a groin injury. We don't know how compromised he's going to be. Also, Jamal Shedd dealing with a hyperextended knee injury that they're going to try to take into place and play Auburn. You look at this Duke team among teams that you know or even higher seeded teams. They have the least amount of questions. Purdue, they have questions with a freshman backcourt. Marquette, can they play that kind of style under Shaka Smart and get to a Sweet 16 or Elite Eight? But this Duke team, long, athletic, can defend. I had them winning the national championship as a fifth seed, and people said, how can you have that? I said, I thought they were underseeded. And I think I don't think NCAA tournament did them any favors as a committee having them as a fifth seed after no, winning the ACC tournament. No, Freddie, listen, and, and I would say if I'm Purdue, I would have been mad as hell. So, <laughs> no, because we, we, not only do we have Duke, we have Memphis, you have Tennessee, and I understand Kentucky is not the Kentucky that we're accustomed to seeing, but they're still in there. And then you have Kansas State, you have Michigan State and USC on that side, Marquette on that side. So it's not like you know Purdue just has a cakewalk. Right. If I'm Purdue, I'm like, my goodness, it, it may have did us disjustice being a one seed. Two reasons I thought were the group of death, as I like to call it, using a soccer term. Definitely the East, all the teams you mentioned. And I yep. thought the West was a little bit above that. You got Kansas, Arkansas, they're starting to play well and get healthy. St. Mary's, their number five seed that won the West Coast Conference regular season championship. UConn, a lot of people like that team getting to the Final Four, but they will not have an easy matchup when they play Iona out of the MAC. You got TCU, Mike Miles Jr., he's healthy now. Gonzaga, who seems to be finding their spots as well. Northwestern getting in the second round. UCLA, who won the Pac 12 regular season championship. That's the group of death, the region of doom, as I call it, involving the West. But the East, you're right, is not too far behind because they underseed a Duke. They should have been a three seed by winning ACC yep. tournament. And maybe I don't say maybe a two seed with Marquette, Marquette regular season champions in the Big East, then the conference tournament champions, Harry. I don't put Duke above them. But when I saw a fifth seed, I said, man, that's kind of clearing the table a little bit for a Duke team that's playing as well, if not better than anybody right now. Well, it's going to throw a rant at a lot of things. Now, and I think the easiest path for anybody is for Alabama. I yes, think Alabama in itself has the easiest bracket to try to get to a Final Four in a championship game, and we're we, we going to see how it plays out. Like, their best player yesterday, Brandon Miller, who's going to be a top three, top five pick in the NBA draft, scored zero points, and they still won convincingly. So that shows you about that Alabama team and, and the guys that they have over there. Yeah, especially when Princeton did them a favor knocking out number two Arizona, and then number mm-hmm. 13 Furman did them a favor knocking out number four Virginia, part of that bracket involving Alabama. Like we mentioned, switch the Boost Mobile for the power to save on America's largest 5G networks. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman in for Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry. We switch gears back to the National Football League. It's going to happen. The Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers. So what does he do what Brett Favre could not do in New York? And that is try to win a Super Bowl. Find out who was a part of that then. He'll talk about that now next on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Celebrating Women's History Month on ESPN Radio. Serena Williams' 23 Grand Slam titles, second most all-time in women's tennis, have cemented her legacy as one of the most legendary champions in all of professional sports. Behind a dominant serve and fierce competitive spirit, Williams, a seven-time Wimbledon champ, won 73 singles titles and four Olympic gold medals during her illustrious 27-year career. Her win in the 2017 Australian Open final against her sister Venus came while she was eight weeks pregnant, proving to everyone that having a child does not mean the end of your career. 
Williams' impact goes well beyond her trophies and her accolades. It also lies in her ability to inspire future generations of women to pursue and achieve their athletic dreams. Celebrating Women's History Month on ESPN Radio. and Harry, the podcast. I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Do you envision yourself playing multiple years with the Jets or is it just a one-year type thing? If I'm Green Bay and I'm sitting around, you offer me a third or a contingent or a fifth and if they have no leverage, that's all you should offer. If you're offering me that, I'm telling you to go to hell. If the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, who are they turning to right now? Be adults, settle it clearly, keep the kids in mind, and move on. Thanks for joining us on Fitz and Harry. You got Harry Douglas over there, Freddie Coleman over here, in for Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget the Terry Smart Speaker to play ESPN Radio. By the way, both versions of this are really good. The original by Midnight Star and the one by Keith Sweat. Harry, mm-hmm. both versions are really good. Yes, I love them both, man. We're just providing, you know, some music for y'all Absolutely. to help y'all out tonight. Friday night, yeah. no telling what y'all want to do. Don't jump off the ceiling fan too much. Control yourself a little bit. <laughs> Maybe once or twice. Don't, don't, don't try to do it three or five times now. Are you, are you End speaking, up in the hospital. Are you speaking from experience? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. You speak from experience, not observation. That's hey, what you're telling I'm not me. A, I'm not a spring chicken like I used to be. Fatty. You, you know, you, one you, or two times is max. You keep that up, man. You're gonna be a dead chicken. You're gonna be in like pimp hats all over the city. You keep that kind of thing going on there. As far as that goes, we're gonna let you know what it's like for the Jets about to do a kind of Green Bay Packers quarterback going to them 2.0. But first, madness update. Michigan State's about to close out USC as a 7th seed over a 10th seed in the NCAA East region first-round matchup. They're about to dribble out the basketball, about to win this game 72-62. to Harry, I give USC a lot of credit. They didn't back down in this game, but Michigan State playing Michigan State basketball both ends of the floor. That wore down the Trojan men of USC when it was all said and done. Yeah, I think defensively Michigan State figured some things out and they were able to get the stops that they needed. But also, Freddie, we seen – I can't remember what player it was. He, he went up for – I thought it was about to be a dunk, but mm-hmm. it ended up being, you know, a layup because he got fouled and won. I, that kind of sparked Michigan State a little bit more. They was able to close the game out and win by 10. Yeah, that, in, that was impressive because it's one thing to go up against contact. But <laughs> – my man, A.J. Hoggard, did not care about anybody's feelings on that play. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the second half because I thought from that point on, they were able to extend that lead to nine. And USC, they could not push that boulder uphill, get it to the top of the hill, roll down the other way. I thought that play kind of signified the toughness of Michigan State. And they were able to transfer that not just on the offensive end, but also the defensive end. But meanwhile, we're about to get another Furman-Princeton situation involving the Isles of Kennesaw State from Georgia. Right now, they have a 61-48 lead in the NCAA Midwest first-round matchup. 9.52 to play in that ball game. They lead Xavier 61-48 with less than 10 minutes to play. And I'm going to tell you why I'm excited, Freddie, because, see, a lot of people like big. It's not about the size of the dog. It's about the fight in the dog. Get them now. 
The Come Kennesaw State, hur, 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 hur. <laughs> even though a dog is not their mascot, hur, hur, hur. they scrappy, they're fighting, uh -huh. they're clawing, right. they're playing defense, they get into the rack, yes, they they're are. doing everything they need to do to upset Xavier at the moment. Still a lot of time left, sure. 9.30 to go in the game. But scrappy. It's not about the size of the dog. Yeah. It's about the fighting the dog. I, I'm glad you gave me the dog sound effect and not the owl sound effect. Although that would have been pretty interesting <laughs> if you were able to do that. But you're right. Big part of, a big part of that. Oh, you did it perfectly. So we've combined a, do a dog and an owl together. So now we're completely just, just moving everything together and transferring all platforms. But a big reason that they're up in this game, they're shooting over 51% from the field. Xavier on the other side is one of 10 from the three-point line. You keep doing that. And by, by the way, a, young, a, a smaller Kennesaw State team, they have seven offensive rebounds. Xavier has one in this game. Well, and it's something you can't have in a matchup where you know your team is bigger than your opponent. You're bigger than your opponent. You can't allow seven offensive rebounds, giving them second chance points and an opportunity to make baskets after they miss. Box out. That's it, it, the fundamentals of the game, right? That's one-on-one -on -one basketball. Box out. Box out. Well, they've Forget been, the highlights. Yeah. Box out. Well, they've been able to box out, and they've been able to show out so far. Number 14, Kennesaw State leading. Number 3, Xavier, 61-48. Nine minutes to play in that Midwest region first-round match. We'll keep an eye on that game. Another potential upset that could be happening. Number 5, St. Mary's. They lead number 12, VCU, 12-11. And number 14, University of Cal Santa Barbara. They lead number 3, Barrel at halftime, 36-35. Day 2 in full effect when it comes to the NCAA tournament. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie coming in for Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the National Football League. Alan Lazard, Jets wide receiver, had his press conference. He used to play for the Green Bay Packers with a certain quarterback named Aaron Rodgers who may be leaving Green Bay and going to the New York Jets. Check out what he had to say about the conversations both of those two have had about being teammates once again. Aaron, when it comes to the offseason um, communication, dwindles a little bit, um, respectively. <laughs> but yeah, there was a we were able to, you know, he works out at the same place I do in Los Angeles. So we were able to kind of cross paths and just connect a little bit and share our insight on, on what we were thinking and everything. But there was no implications of trying to do this in a sense. You know, like like I had previously said, you know, we were both trying to do what's right for the both of us. Um, and obviously him and his situation is a little bit different with his career and everything and where I want to take my career, the next step and stuff. So obviously standing here today, it feels it was good knowing that 12 is going to be my quarterback again. Let's bring on the greatest offensive line that played for the New York Jets, a two-time first-team All-Pro, made the Pro Bowl seven times in the Jets' ring of honor. He is Nick Mangold, who also, by the way, is the owner of 74 Barbecue. And believe me, that barbecue is as good as he played when they played for the New York Jets during that time in the National Football League. He joins us here on Fitz and Harry. And, Nick, what are your thoughts? That when Aaron, jo Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, said on the Pat McAfee show that it is his intention to play for your New York Jets. Um, I, I got to tell you, it was exciting. Like it, it feels good hearing someone say that they want to play for the New York Jets, um, especially a Hall of Fame caliber type guy like Aaron is. Um, so that was a little bit heartwarming for me. Uh, you know, as we sit here and people are like, "Oh my God, no one wants to go to New York." Um, hearing that was was definitely uh, a ray of sunshine. You know, as we go <laughs> along. And Nick, uh, I gotta ask you this: When do you think the trade for Aaron needs to be done to give this team the best shot to compete for a Super Bowl? Good question. I, you know, to me, I, I feel like it needs to be done as soon as possible. I, and obviously, I don't know what the plan is uh, or what Aaron's thoughts are on on his off season and everything. 
Um, but we have a young team here. And, you know, the sooner he can get in, the sooner he can start shaping some of these guys. Because I, I, I've been around old head quarterbacks like Aaron <laughs> who, you know, they will, they will tell you what to do. Um, and you need to, to pay attention to that. And if he's not here in time to be able to do that, uh, it's going to be put us behind the eight ball. So I feel like as long as he is willing and wanting to, the sooner we can get him here, the, the better. How much of that, when it comes to an old head quarterback, was necessary when you were part of the Jets in 2008 when they acquired Brett Favre from the Green Bay Packers in a similar situation that Aaron Rodgers will be in with the New York Jets? Yeah, so the, when Brett came to us in 08, it was such a it was it, it's so funny because it's eerily similar, you know, the Hall of Fame quarterback coming from Green Bay to the North Jets, but it's so different in the timing. You know, going into that 08 season, we had uh, Chad coming back uh, after injury, and you know, we were building on on what he could do, and then all of a sudden, it was just kind of a whirlwind. You know, Brett decided he. He didn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. He retired, unretired, whatever that circumstance was, and they had to ship him out of there. Um, and so, it, so it happened so fast. So now, I think getting the leg up on on the season and the timing of everything could really be, you know, a huge bonus for this team if they can get it done. Um, and it seems like both sides want to get it done. It's just, you know, whatever is holding it up, just they got to figure it out. And Nick, it's no secret. Fireman Ed, J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 Jets. Jets. He's excited. Mike Greenberg, you see him every day on, you know, <laughs> Get Up, how excited he is. And also on his radio show, Greeny. You see the Jets organization, the Jets fans, they're starving for a winner. What does this move do um, uh, for the expectations of the Jets moving forward? Well, I think the big one is that the expectations go, you know, sky high. And that that's the first and foremost. I think even without it being official, it's still expectations are now sky high. Um, but it really, I think it comes down to what Aaron wants to do longevity-wise. You know, is he coming here for a year and then calling it quits? Or is he coming here um, and playing out the rest of his time? You know, you look at Tom Brady going until he's 45. Uh, you know, you could have a, a solid three, four, five years out of um, Aaron, which would be fantastic. You know, he's still playing at a very high level. He's still winning NFL MVPs. So I, I think it, it's more of a longevity thing. You know, are we getting a, a, a guy who can come in and show this team what it takes to win? Because he has won. He's been to. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, he's he's been at a high level in this this league for a long time. Um, and I think that would be huge for not only the team and, and the fans of winning, but also just the organization, you know, getting that idea of here, this is what it takes, this is what we need to do. One of the greatest Jets offensive line when he played part of his career with the Jets, two-time first-team All-Pro Nick Mango joining us here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman in for Jason Fitz. You know how important it is that it's one thing of a quarterback and to give him weapons to throw to, Nick, but you got to have guys in front of him that are going to have to make sure that he stays clean. Now that they're going to have Aaron Rodgers, what do they need to do to address that offensive line to keep him clean no matter how long he's going to be there? Yeah, I, I, offensive line, I have been saying it since I think I was drafted that we need to keep drafting offensive linemen um, because I think that is the most important driver to your team. Um, so, you know, that's 
and uh, Joe Douglas knows that, and that's what I, I appreciate. You know, we need to keep these guys healthy up front. Um, I think that's been a, a big plague right now. You know, having to deal with so many injuries across the offensive line, um, and just keep restockpiling. You know, keep grabbing guys, and I, I think I'm not concerned about that because I feel like Joe Douglas has that mentality and that plan to make sure that the offensive line, you know, without injury, is as solid as it can be. And, Nick, before we let you go, I got, I got to say this to you. You know, the Bible say you have not because you ask not. And since you're the owner of 74 Barbecue, mm-hmm. you know, Fitz and Harry, we're going to ask. Let's get hungry. That you, that, 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 that you, you know, give us a little something, if you don't mind, sir. And I'm going to ask the nice way. I'm going to say please because that's what my mom and dad <laughs> taught me. They taught me to ask very nicely when you want something from someone. Of course, and just as Jesus, you know, did the fishes and the bread, um, <laughs> I, uh, I also would like to give. Um, so I will talk to my my partner, and we'll get that out to you as, as soon as possible. So that way, you can preach from the mountaintop about how that's great what I'm talking about. Is <laughs> there you go? Uh, because we have the OG and we have the spicy, and it's mm-hmm. kind of it's my passion project. It's my baby, um, you know, built in my kitchen, and I just I want to get the the good sauce out to all the people in the land. Um, and so now that we've, we've gone biblical on it, let's, let's reach <laughs> yeah. and get it out to everybody. Yeah, let, let the barbecue church say amen, 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 amen. By the way, <laughs> check out his website, Shop 74 Barbecue. And believe me, I love the logo for his, his OG BBQ sauce, sweet with a little heat. All part of 74 Barbecue. That is the baby of Nick Mango, one of the great offensive linemen and doing his thing post-NFL career with his barbecue sauce. He joined us here on Fitz and Harry. Hey, Nick, it was an absolute pleasure, my friend. Take care. Good luck with everything with 74 Barbecue, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, and I'll get that out as soon as I can. Yeah, and, and thank you very much. By the way, Harry, when he does that, if you don't share with me, then we can't be friends anymore. I'm just I got putting you, it out there. You know, you know um, you're know, one of the guys I look up to, so I, you know I'm always going to share with you, boss. I appreciate the kind love, but I also know that you can't get between a man and his barbecue. <laughs> Things will not end well if you try to give it to the man and his barbecue. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie coming in for Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry. And speaking of the New York Jets, whenever Aaron Rodgers get there, that's going to be a win, not an if. How much of a prayer do they have to win the Super Bowl, barbecue sauce or not? That's after Harry has this from FanDuel. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I groove on on this Friday on Fitz and Harry. You got my man Harry Douglas over there. Freddie coming in for Jason Fitz over here on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Before we get to the expectations with the New York Jets getting you-know-who-to-play quarterback. Madness Update. Remember the Kennesaw State led Xavier by 13? Yeah, good times. That's no longer the case now. 3.45 to play in the second half in a Midwest region first-round matchup. Xavier has gone on a 25-10 run after being down 51-38. Harry, they now have a 63-61 lead. Still, they're winning this game, Xavier. Still 1-11 of from the three-point line, but they've been able to take advantage of their size inside and a Kennesaw State team that is small and scrappy right now getting overwhelmed on the inside. It was one moment where two Xavier teammates they got into it in the huddle and had to be separated 
by their teammates. And it seems that that lit that fire that started this run for Xavier, leading at 63-61 to with 3.46 to play in the second half. Yeah, Freddie, sometimes it's like that, right? But it's, it's, it's not that these guys have ill will towards one another. They're just trying to fire up one another and win this basketball game. And I think the light bulb went off of Xavier. You know what? We need to go inside and utilize our size better. Also, Kennesaw State, from their perspective, a lot of missed shots, layups that's leading to transition, turnovers. Absolutely. And they have zero points in the last six minutes before they just actually hit uh, two free throws to tie the game up. But zero points in a six-minute stretch mm-hmm. would help a basketball team come back when you're up big. Yeah, Ask Arizona went on a stretch yesterday, close to five minutes of not scoring a point. That allowed Princeton to take that lead that they wound up not giving back and pulling that upset. Right now, that game is tied at 63 to fifth tie involving number 14, Kennesaw State, and number three, Xavier in the Midwest region. Game Game tied at 63 with 312 to play in that ball game. Keep an eye on that one. University of Cal Santa Barbara taking on Baylor. Cal Santa Barbara 14 seed, Baylor third seed in the NCAA South region. Cal Santa Barbara leading at 41 to 39, 17-35 to play in the second half. And number 12 VCU taking on number five St. Mary's in the West region. That game is tied at 21 with three minutes to play in the first. I'll keep an eye on both of those, all of those games to the conclusion right here on Fitz and Harry. Yes, it's going to happen. Yes, that's going to happen when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, that'll be part of the biggest story of the week that, among other big stories, that's next on Fitz and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Song never ever, ever gets old from that point on when it comes to Phil Collins. My man Harry Douglas and Freddie coming in for Jason Fitz on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Who uses a straw and ice cubes for wine? Unbelievable. I love, listen, Fitz is my brother from another mother. I love him. However. But he is not allowed to drink wine like that around me ever. Thank you. (laughs) What's up with this? What, what's next? He's going to be drinking Boone's Farm or something like that from the 70s? <laughs> Good Lord. Ice and wine. I think that's the problem. He's he's drinking yeah, bad he, wine. Yeah, well, he, like, if he's drinking good wine, you don't need ice. Yeah, but still, yes. I don't think that would matter, Evan. Good wine, bad wine, Ripple. He's putting ice cubes in it. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Ace. A big one. Anytime you're doing the same thing with food as Dan Orlovsky, you're in trouble. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. When you when you follow down that path, you get what you deserve as far as that goes. Speaking of the path that we're all going down when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Madness update. So who wants to win this game? Between Kennesaw State, 14th seed, Xavier the third seed in the Midwest region. Game is tied at 67. Both of these teams, Harry, have blown point-blank opportunities at the rim, and now Chris Youngblood has just fouled off for Kennesaw State, so Xavier will go to the line, 18.3 seconds to play, and this game is tied at 67. Yeah, free throws for both teams. We've seen both of these teams miss free throws, miss layups at the basket, and the one thing I thought that Kennesaw State couldn't do on that defensive possession because their seconds left is foul. So now, you know, Xavier is at mm-hmm. the line trying to figure out if they can bang a free throw. Guy made the first one, see if he can make the second one, but I'm trying to see probably a timeout would be, you know, by Kennesaw's head, Kennesaw State's head coach to figure out what they're going to run on their last possession. Yeah, but as you mentioned that, by the way, Colby Jones goes one of two from the free throw line. Both of these teams 
have a timeout left, and Kennesaw State is going to take that timeout, Harry, like you thought they would. Xavier leads at 68-67. to Kennesaw State taking their last timeout. 12.8 seconds to play. We're about to potentially have a repeat now, of Furman and Princeton from yesterday. This is, this is a dicey situation for Xavier because missing that free throw, you're only up one. Yep. Right? And, mm-hmm. you know, Kennesaw State, they're in a bonus as well. So you can play defense. You can't be too aggressive, though. Right. That's the difference between That's being up point. two points because you could be a little bit more aggressive up two because if you file them and they make two free throws, you know, the game probably is going to go in overtime. Now, if you foul them and they hit two free throws, the mm-hmm. game is potentially over and you're going to lose. Yeah. yeah, Xavier does have a timeout left, but like we mentioned, they lead it 68 to 67, 12.8 seconds to play in that match in the Midwest region. In the South region, first round matchup, Baylor leading UCSB, Cal Santa Barbara, 48 to 43, 12.45 to play in the second half. BCU leading St. Mary's at halftime, 29 to 28, as that ball game taking place in the West region. But yes, at a certain point, in the NFL, if you think your national nightmare is over regarding Aaron Rodgers and going to the New York Jets, there's still some materials that have to be worked out, meaning the trade compensation that's going to happen between the Jets and the Packers. We had Nick Mangold, Jets All-Pro Center, on the show about 25 minutes ago, and he said this is why the Jets need to get this done as quickly as possible, trading for Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. To me, I, I feel like it needs to be done as soon as possible, I, and obviously I don't know what the plan is uh, or what Aaron's thoughts are on, on his offseason and everything. Um, but we have a young team here. And, you know, the sooner he can get in, the sooner he can start shaping some of these guys. Because I, I, I've been around old head quarterbacks like Aaron who, you know, they will they will tell you what to do. Um, and you need to, to pay attention to that. And if he's not here in time to be able to do that, uh, it's going to be put us behind the eight balls. Yeah, you want them there as, as quickly as possible because we, also, we we do have a visual of what that looks like when you have young players and, you know, your quarterback isn't there. We've seen right. that happen with Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers last year, right? And, mm-hmm. it, and it, it gave us a lot of things to talk about in the media, media because he called those guys out publicly. So, you know, Garrett Wilson, those guys don't know the offense. You know, Brees Hall, they don't know the offense. Everyone else. We know Alan Lazard does and Nathaniel Hackett does. But, you know, the team isn't made up of two or three guys. And, and, and Alan Lazar can be an echo of Nathaniel Hackett and also Aaron Rodgers. But yeah. when your starting quarterback is there, it's a different mindset on your, on your football team, especially from an offensive uh, you know, standpoint. And in defense, too, because you have a future Hall of Famer and you want to go against the best every day in practice. One of the things about Aaron Rodgers, we know he will not lack for any kind of motivation to prove Green Bay wrong and to prove himself right because you know he is still bent out of his mind that they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. He is never, ever going to let that go. And at a certain point, you want to tell your soon-to-be ex-employer, this is why you didn't need Jordan Love. All you needed was me. You could have waited to draft a successor because all you needed was me. And that's why he went out there and went back-to-back MVPs to show Green Bay that his time in Eden was not closer to its due date like they believed it was going to be regarding taking Jordan Love in the first round. And one of the things about that, Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be all in. It can't just be waiting until training camp. Harry, you're right. It's got to be all in early to make sure if you're going to be proven right that everybody's going to be in the same page and reading the same book starting at the same time. Well, I'll tell you this. The thing that should make a lot of people nervous is that, you know, the last time we've seen Aaron Rodgers kind of be doubt. He won back-to-back MVPs. Mm-hmm. So you know he's going to have a, ch- a chip on his shoulder. 
and and prove a lot of people wrong and also prove himself right. How much do you think he makes them a Super Bowl contender? I, th- I think he I think he does. He gives he gives them a, a valuable option at the quarterback position to be a Super Bowl contender. But I think the first thing that they need to worry about is winning the division and getting to the playoffs. Yeah. Then you worry about everything else from there. No doubt about that. And in the division with Miami, they made their improvements. The Patriots, who knows what they're going to do. The Buffalo Bills trying to rebound from what happened last year, winning the division, but losing the divisional playoffs for the second straight year. If anything, the AFC East may turn to be the most interesting division in the land of the National Football League. Hey, Harry, have a great weekend, man. Always appreciate you, brother. You too, bud. Got Canty and Carlin coming up next to update you what's going on between Xavier, North Kennesaw State, and all the NCAA tournament action. This has been Fitz and Harry on the mighty ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and SiriusXM Channel 80. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.